Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. On the surface, Paul's words seem to set up a divide among believers, a division among followers of Jesus. In fact, they appear to point to two different categories in the church. On the one hand, Paul talks about the mature. He refers to them as spiritual. The mature, the spiritual, are fed with solid food. They have received wisdom, and not just any wisdom, but as verse 7 states, a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. As the mature, the spiritual, the, the wise, they are able to interpret spiritual things. They're able to discern spiritual things, and because they are spiritual, they judge all things and are judged by no one. On the other hand, Paul speaks of the immature. He refers to them in verse 14 as natural or unspiritual. The immature, the natural, the unspiritual are fed with milk. They're only infants. They're only babes who cannot handle real food. They don't have the deeper wisdom. They don't have the secret and and hidden wisdom of God. They can't interpret the spiritual. They can't discern the spiritual. Now, when you, when you hear this, there are the spiritual and the unspiritual, the mature and the immature, the wise and the unwise. When you hear this, where do you put yourself? Be honest, what, what, what category do you automatically place yourself in? Now, if you're like me, you place yourself with the mature, with the spiritual, with the wise. Of course you do. It's the favorable category. It's the preferred category. And, and, and now that you've settled that, your next thought might be this. Now, why do I belong there? And so you start thinking about why you're mature, why you belong, why you're spiritual, why you're wise. Maybe, maybe it's your prayer life. Or maybe it's because you know your Bible. Maybe it's because you really know your Reformed theology. Maybe it's because of the ministries that you serve. You go to Stubud, you go to We Will God, you you hold babies in the nursery, you, you serve in the community. Or perhaps you've experienced the Spirit move in a powerful way in your life. Or maybe you've been a church officer. Or maybe you place an envelope in the offering box every single week. Or, or, hey, you're here this morning and awake, and that works for you. Well, you you get the point. It can be anything that you come up with. And now that you've determined you're one of the spiritual in the church, you've, you've made your mental case for why you are, the next step is to start looking around. Who else is there with you? in the mature and the spiritual crowd? Who, who else is wise and who is not? Who can only handle milk? Well, hopefully, as you can see, this is the path to pride. It's the path to spiritual pride. 
This is a path that can create division within the church, which is exactly what was going on in the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth to whom Paul is writing was a church divided. It was divided by spiritual pride. It was divided by devotion to leaders. Now, Paul alludes to part of that in our passage. Listen listen to verse four again. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos. Now, on the surface, it may seem that Paul is referring to two sets of believers in the church, the mature and the immature, the spiritual and the unspiritual, but he's actually not. I mean, first of all, one of the main points of this letter is an appeal for unity. Paul desired that Christians in Corinth agree that they be of one mind. And secondly, is one word, wisdom. Paul says that the spiritual have received wisdom. The secret, hidden wisdom of God decreed before the ages. Well, what is this wisdom? Well, Paul defined it earlier in the letter. Listen, this is from chapter 1 in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1, verse 23. Listen. Paul writes, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So the wisdom that Paul is talking about here is not some kind of mystery. It's not some kind of knowledge. It's not some kind of experience that only the really mature Christian gets. No, what Paul's talking about when he's talking about wisdom is the cross. It's simply the cross. The secret hidden wisdom of God decreed before all ages is Jesus Christ crucified. The wisdom received by the mature is Jesus Christ crucified. Crucified. The wisdom received by the spiritual is Jesus Christ crucified. And here in the message of the cross, there is no room for spiritual pride. Because the message of the cross, Jesus Christ crucified, is the message of God's overflowing love for you. It's the message of God's grace. That in Jesus Christ crucified, the Father has freed you from the chains that bind you. That in Jesus Christ crucified, the Father has saved you from your sin. He has saved you from death. He has saved you from pride. All is a gift. All is a gift. Which means this, you can't stand in the presence of God with anything in your hands. You can't stand in the presence of God with anything, whether it's your prayer life, whether it's your Bible knowledge or your spiritual gifts or a spiritual experience or your theological knowledge or the ministries you serve in or the community service you're involved in, even the kindness you show to others. You can't stand in his presence with those in your hands expecting to earn his favor because you can't. In Jesus Christ crucified, God gifts you salvation. In Jesus Christ crucified, God gifts you righteousness. It's a gift. 
that is why this is grace. It can only be received. And it can only be received with open hands, not hands grasping onto something. It can only be received with open hands by faith. So that you see there is no room for pride under grace because you haven't done anything, because you don't deserve anything. And yes, that is a challenging message for those of us who do, who are used to doing. But it also means this. In Jesus Christ crucified, there is no looking around wondering who's spiritual and who is not. There's only looking in your own heart examining yourself, recognizing your own sin, recognizing your own need of a savior. In fact, the only real looking around is the hope, the desire that everyone that you know, everyone that you see knows this message of grace, receives this wisdom, that everyone you know, everyone you see knows Jesus Christ crucified. I pray that that's your heart. When our passage, Paul says that the only way to receive this wisdom is for the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. The only way to know Jesus and him crucified is for the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to him. Paul's argument works from an analogy. Listen to verse 11 again. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? Now, Paul uses the word spirit to describe the self, your conscience. It's, it's how you're aware of yourself within yourself. And, and here's his argument. No one knows your mind except you. Outside of God, of course. No one knows your mind except you. No one knows your thoughts except you. And to make it known to someone else, you've got to reveal it. You've got to speak it. You've got to communicate. Well, Paul says it's the same with God. Listen to the rest of that verse, verse 11. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So likewise, only God knows his mind. Only God knows his thoughts. Only God knows his wisdom. In order for you to know it, in order for anyone else to know it, God has to reveal it, speak it, communicate it. And he does so through his word through the scriptures and by his spirit. God's spirit has to reveal it to you, reveal it to your heart, reveal it to your mind, reveal it to your soul through his word. God's spirit has to reveal the wisdom of God to you. Christ and him crucified. That's why today's so important. Today is Pentecost, the feast day of Pentecost, the celebration of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, after Jesus was crucified, resurrected, and ascended into heaven, God poured out his spirit on his people. He poured out his spirit on the church. He poured out his spirit on the followers of Jesus. And God's spirit has been at work in the world ever since. Continuing the ministry of Jesus. 
God's spirit has been at work in the world revealing the wisdom of God. His spirit has been at work in the world gifting faith, transforming hearts, growing the church all through the word. Now, long before it happened, long before Pentecost, God promised it. Our Old Testament reading was from the prophet Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, God promises to gift his people with a new spirit. His own spirit. Listen to verse 26 again. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Well, God's Spirit not only imparts wisdom, but God's Spirit also gifts you a new heart. God's Spirit removes your old heart, your heart of stone, your heart that's hardened by sin and and hardened to Him and gives you a new heart, a heart of flesh, a heart that's full of Him, a heart that's centered upon Him so that your desire is to glorify Him and love Him and follow His commands. Well, the spirit that Ezekiel prophesied about, the spirit poured out on Pentecost, the spirit spoken of by Paul is the spirit that's within you. God, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is 100% God and 100% of God is in him. The Holy Spirit imparting wisdom truth, Christ crucified. So how do you know? How do you know that you're spiritual? How do you know that you have the spirit? How do you know that the spirit has sealed this wisdom within you? Well, well, the answer is very simple. Faith. That's how you know your faith How do you know? You know and believe in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, in your very being, in Jesus Christ and him crucified, that your salvation is found only in him and through him, and you've confessed it. You have the spirit. And I pray that that is you. So how do you know faith? Faith and also action, because not only do you believe it, but you also live it. You seek to live out your faith. You seek to follow the statutes of the Lord. You seek to love God and love your neighbor. And you also hunger for more, to know more of God, to know more of him, to know more of his truth, to know more of his will, and to live it in your life. If you have the Spirit of God, you can understand the things of God, spiritual truth. But as you know, many do not. Many have not, down through the centuries. And you can't expect it. Why? Because they don't have the Spirit. Without the Spirit of God, you can't expect faith. Without the Spirit of God, you can't expect an understanding of the Scriptures. Without the Spirit of God, you can't expect a life following God's commands. Without the Spirit of God, you can't expect a life reflecting the love of Christ. But here's what you can do. 
you can pray that the Lord would reveal himself to those who don't know him. You can pray that he would reveal his wisdom. You can pray that he would gift faith to those who don't believe. You can pray that he would grow his church. You can pray that he would increase his people here in Jackson and all around this world through the Spirit, that he would do it through the Holy Spirit whose coming we celebrate this day and who makes you spiritual. Just like the Corinthians whom Paul is reminding that by virtue of faith, they were spiritual. By virtue of faith, they were wise. By virtue of faith, they were mature. But because of their pride, because of their divisions, they were acting unspiritual. They were acting immature. They were acting unwise. And Paul is pointing them back to wisdom. He's pointing them back to the cross. He's pointing them back to Jesus Christ crucified to remind them, to remind you, Christ crucified, the wisdom of God who is sealed in your heart by the spirit of the living God whose coming we celebrate this day. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 